ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 74 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. Coming to you live on Thursday night, like usual, during the game. We'll try to keep it to a minimum, but it's hard not to talk about football when football is on, especially on a football podcast. Tonight, you got myself, Andrew Hall, and my co-host for the evening, Scott Sidlow. How are you doing this evening, Scott? Andrew, what's up? I just realized it's episode 74, and uh, how did I miss episode 69? I missed an immature moment that I got to oh. celebrate. Like, how did I miss that? I go must have not been listen. on that week. Yeah, go back and listen. I definitely said nice, so we're good. <laughs> uh, I, I, I covered you on that one. You're, you're fine. All but right. We, okay, uh, good. We, we got a great guest this evening. We got Philip Simmons at FF Porkman on the show. How's it going, Philip? Welcome to Junkies. Going great, man. I, was, I couldn't wait to uh, get on. I, I had a whole bunch of stuff going on. My wife getting the hair done. I'm like, oh, you need to get back before <laughs> 930 today because I need to jump on with the boys for a real quick, real quick pod to have some fun during during a football Thursday night. That's a junkie Appreciate for you, it. boys. That's a junkie. Got to get your hair That's done. Right. Yeah. Got to get home uh, so I can get on there and get my fix. Yeah, I like it. Got right. the itch. I like it. Right. Well, I appreciate you making the time. We're going to have a great time tonight. we got some good topics to discuss. We're going to be talking about some trade deadline talk. Uh, obviously, a lot of leagues are, are at their trade deadline are getting close, so we want to make sure we cover some of that this week. Uh, obviously, we got some injuries to go through. As always, there's more injuries every week, it feels like. And then, of course, at the end, we'll cover Find Me a Trade. We'll do a listener trade who's at the, the, the uh, trade deadline in his own league and see if we can't help him before the, the things tightens up here and the, uh, the playoffs start. So without too much of a delay, I do want to jump into the injuries and kind of talk about some of them. We don't need to get too deep. We're not an injury podcast, as I say. Uh, it's good to have a discussion about some of this, but I always like to say, and, and I think even Scott said this too, is like we'd like to look at these through a dynasty lens, right? It's not no, as much about a start sit. Do we play this guy, whatever? Like, what injuries are we looking at that might have changed values? What injuries are we looking at that gave another player a chance to elevate and things like that? So I think maybe even just looking back at week 12, kind of looking at injuries all kind of in, in one fell swoop. Uh, I know the, the one injury at quarterback that I think is is interesting, at least for me, is Kyler Murray might be coming back this week, right? Um, if he misses another week or two, I'm starting to get nervous. You know what I mean? Like, all right, now, is this a really big injury? They just had their bye week. If he comes out of the bye and doesn't play, that's worrisome. But all signs are kind of pointing to him and Hopkins both suiting up this week. But, Scott, are you worried at all about these two, both for this weekend and Dynasty, or is it just kind of like, uh, you know, injuries happen, not a big deal? Well, I, I've been super annoyed with just the way that they've handled it. And I understand, like, it's all gamesmanship and all that. Like, oh, you might play, make the opponent prepare and whatever. All right, fine. But, I mean, honestly, like, if they were that far away, I mean, 
I don't I don't know. It's it's just been frustrating, uh, especially in leagues where I have Kyler and need him. Like I've literally dropped from like first to fourth in a league where I was like four games ahead because I never know if he's gonna play. And then I'm forced to like, okay, do I play like Matt Ryan because he plays at noon and Kyler doesn't play till three. So I have to make a decision. And it's like, you know, I might as well have taken the zero because I think Matt Ryan got me negative points last time. So, uh, you know, but it's like, and, and tonight I had to do the same thing. Cause it was like, all right, I have Taysom. So do I start Taysom or do I just hope Kyler plays, you know? And it's like, ah, oh, man. Um, and I am just assuming this week that they're going to play. They wanted to come back for the Cupcake Bears and uh, just mm-hmm. get themselves an easy matchup to kind of get back in the groove. So I'm sure that they're both going to be back for this game. Well, I mean, just look at it, too, though. The Cardinals went 2-0 and without them. I mean, like, I mean, what's the hurry? Hey, I, I mean, there's, right. I mean, I'm just yeah. saying, like, there's not necessarily a rush to get them back on the field. They're not in any worse position than when they left. Maybe they do take an extra week. I don't know. I mean, just thinking about big picture stuff. Philip, are you worried at all about these guys or are you pretty much locking them in your lineup? Yeah, I'm locking him in uh, this week. And like you said, with Colt McCoy, if you feel as though you have a good uh, good backup quarterback on your team, why rush him back, especially with the record that they started out with? Now, honestly, if they didn't have that good of a record, I don't see them, um, you know, not not being out there because they probably they probably would have played hurt because they, they, there's a difference between um, playing hurt and playing injured. Yep. So if he's if he's if he's just hurt and McCoy is 2-0 and and they're running the offense pretty well, hey, stay out another week. We got this until you're 100% because we don't need to risk that. Um, just like with uh, with D-Hop. D-Hop's a little bit older, so he might need more time to heal up. And Kyler is running around. He's small, so he's a tiny know, if he dude. gets hit. Yeah. He's the tiniest thing I've ever seen. But he, oh he's getting the job. he gets the job done. But I if he gets hit, the, you never know. He might break something, and then you're good. I think it was two years ago, his rookie season. I went to the the Cardinals Bengals game, and I no joke. I'm like, is that like a ball boy out there? Like the helmet is huge. Yeah. I'm like, what? Oh, that's Kyler Murray. Oh, no joke. Like, he is <laughs> tiny. He just looks yeah, so he's, little. I, he's gained a little, but you know, in a couple of years, but still, he's he's tiny dude like, running around. He's out short. There, so he worries. He has a, he has a Napoleon complex, but he yes. uses that to his advantage, and <laughs> and it, and it it works well for him. That's good. I like that. I can I can see that logic. It's working. You're right. Good for my fantasy team. That's right. Facts. That's right. Well, the only other injury that I think is worth even mentioning at quarterback, and, and I, I hesitate even to mention, but there are a lot of them. But the only other one I wanted to mention was Ben Roethlisberger. Is is he done? I, I know he. we've said this before, and we all kind of think he's done. But in Dynasty especially, is there any value in holding a guy like Ben Roethlisberger anymore? Or are we trading him for a fourth and just getting out? What well, do you think, Scott? I don't think you, you can't sell him. So, right. no. It just he's just gonna die on my roster at this point. You can't get it right. Same with you, Philip. Same with you. Yeah, yeah. He's he's just gonna be like like old decrepit, just bones, <laughs> just 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 going everywhere. I don't. <laughs> you can't you can't sell him at all unless unless there's a Steelers fan that really wants him. That's what you have to find. Just send whatever for him and see if it'll bite. But you can't you can't sell him at all. He can't well, move in the pocket. We're gonna get into some of this trade deadline talk i mean obviously when trades stop that's that's a really odd spot because i know a lot of players really focus especially in dynasty really focus on trading is the way to change their their roster um you mm-hmm. know waivers are pretty thin in some leagues even if you do get a good guy he's not you know he's not going to make your starting lineup in most weeks i mean again injuries are crazy and you never know but i feel like somebody like ben roethlisberger going into the season as much as we all hated him he was still a starting quarterback but where right. he's at now hasn't had a good hasn't had a good week in 
few weeks. I mean, he had a good, I think it was last, no, two weeks ago. I think he had a good week. Um, but yep. again, it's still hit or miss. And it's just like, he doesn't look great from an NFL perspective. So it just it worries me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, but at the same time, after a bad last week, if you don't have a trade deadline, it's not, it hasn't passed yet or whatever. And you're looking for a third or fourth quarterback to go into the playoffs, you know, mm-hmm. send a fourth for Roethlisberger. The guy who's got him might want to get rid of him. Like we're saying, I feel like fourth round picks are pretty worthless anyway. Right. Maybe you trade like a Tyson Williams, you know, one of those guys that's got nothing but upside. You know what I mean? Like someone who's like worthless <laughs> on your bench, but you know, Ben's on my bench. I don't mind. It could come in handy. So I was just yeah. curious, I guess, if you guys had any value, not really is what well, we're hearing. There's not. Okay. One. Get this. It's, it's I, not really. There's yeah. a team that needed a quarterback. Uh, they offered me a fourth for Ben. And I was just like, it's not, I, I'd rather just keep my, like, yeah, I'm not competing, but honestly, I'm not just going to give you free points. Like, so right. then, so I was like, how about I give you Ben and my third for your second? So yep. essentially it's like, you're really just moving back a few spots. He ends up trading a third for PJ Walker. It's like, what, dude, the guy's not even, and this was after Cam signed. So it's like it's not. I was like, so what? You're you're you just gave up a third for one game, but you wouldn't move back a few spots for a guy who's you could have the rest of the season. Like that's how worthless he is. Like no one will give you anything. So you just you're just he's like with him. he's like hot potato, right? He, he, nobody wants to be left holding this guy. And I think a lot of times mm-hmm. in dynasty, people are too worried about. Well, I'm building my team for five years, and we talk about this all the time. But like that production points matters. You know what I mean? Like that pisses me off. Put that guy on your team. Like what are you <laughs> doing? You know what's even That's worse? That's really a trigger. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I hate when people say Calm that, down, Philip. Calm down. It's going to be okay. We'll get you through this. But, you know, what, what I'm getting at is, like, especially when contenders say no thanks, that blows my mind. Like, wait a yeah. minute. You're going into the playoffs. Injuries happen all the time. We literally every week, that's all we talk about. And you're, you don't want this guy for nothing? And I think there was a trade earlier this year. I tried to uh, add him in as a throw-in. You know, one of those trades where, like, it was close, and I was like, "All right, well, I'll add Ben, and you add a third. You know, one of the, like a little more value on your side. It makes it feel even." And the guy's like, "You can keep Ben. I'll just give you the third. I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, I was trying to make it even, but he literally thought Ben was negative value at that point. It was better for we'll him to not the- have holding a roster. I kept him. I kept him. I'm every like, player, I'll, I'll every him. player has a value at some point because you never know. He can have a good week, and you can sell him for a second to some. This is what uh, I'm saying, or like doing ball. the move. Move the Scott was saying, where you know Ben in a second for a first, like Ben in a 2.02, because now we kind of have an idea if it's early seconds or late first and all that. Right. Like now, Ben in a 2.02 for a 112. You know what I mean? A contender on that. Like, give me your 112. I'll give you my early second and Ben. You know what I mean? Like that's you're only moving back three spots in what's considered a down draft class. Like. You know, you get your, and I bet you anything, there are guys that, that they're like, no, I'll keep the first. Keep, like, well, okay, whatever, dude. Anyway, I just wanted to bring him up because I think he's kind of polarizing and, and odd, both in NFL and in fantasy and dynasty. So um, sure. we'll move on to the running backs. There were a couple of really big running back injuries. I don't know how deep we want to get on these, but maybe just lumping the two, the bigger two together, I guess. Are they changing values at all for you? And we'll start with you on this one, Philip. Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Swift. Are you worried about either of these guys in dynasty? Is this kind of the, the beginning of the end, if we hit their peak, where are you at with these two running backs? Dalvin Cook makes me slightly nervous. Uh, all these injuries are starting to pile up over the years, and is he's one of my he's one of my guys that I've been on for a long time. And seeing that he has the shoulder recurrent shoulder injury, he's had the ACL injuries, and he has some other ones on top of that, it makes me really really nervous um, for next year. Um, yeah. Seeing especially with seeing the way Alexander Madison's been playing with him out. He looks like a starting running back and I'm not too, I know they gave him a contract and he's going to be there, 
but the way Dalvin's playing is just really declining. Um, DeAndre Swift, he's a he's playing really really well. I think he's going to be okay for for dynasty and all facets, especially if Jamal Williams is still going to be his backup with Jamar Jefferson and that and the other guy I can't think of his name. It's kind of oh Godwin Ngubuke or whatever. I forget. I think yeah, yeah. I'm not going to try that one. Yeah, no, that's that's Minnesota. No, we're talking about Godwin Ngubuke. Yeah. I think his name. Is. Oh. Yeah. Oh, dark. yeah, I got gotcha. you. I know yeah. what you're talking about. But yeah, so so I, I'm with you, though. I'm with you. I think Cook is – I'm getting a little nervous. I'm not sure if he has a lot of chance to go up from here. I feel like the more these injuries kind of add on, it, it sort of weighs him down. And Swift is still really young, and this is a three or two- or three-week injury, they're saying. He's almost definitely out this week. Next week, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But are you kind of in that same boat, Scott, where, where you're worried about Cook, or you kind of think maybe this is a time to buy low on these two guys that maybe people are starting to panic? Yeah, I mean, it's I, I I agree with Pork, but also I mean, who, who are you gonna get? <laughs> if you got to start <laughs> yeah. two running backs, like two uh-huh. twelve teams in the league, two running backs each. That's twenty four running backs. I mean, find me twelve that you even like at this point. You know, it's just like so. I I don't even know who you're gonna who are you gonna roll out there. So um, I mean, he's still gonna have a lot of value. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're worried, now's not the time to trade him. You nope. know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be trading him right now. So, you know, you're just, you're just holding, you're hanging in there. It sounds like he was playing through the shoulder injury previous to the last game. Like he, he was already playing through it, and he was playing well. Like I don't think anybody even really knew. Um, so now it just got, you know, to the point where now he's going to miss a couple games. Um, but it's. Yeah, he's got a lot of injuries. <laughs> I mean, what running back doesn't? Yeah, uh, sure. So, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not this? panicking. I'm not selling. Uh, I may not be buying necessarily, but if the right opportunity comes along, um, I'm I'm all for it. And I I think we'll get into a little bit more of that from like a strategy standpoint uh, when we talk about the trade deadline stuff. Because I actually sure. traded for some running backs. Which is weird. Um, like and you. I you feel can't like wait to tell you guys about it. Well, I'm excited oh, too. But sure. the other one that I, I didn't mention here because I think it's almost been talked to death, but Christian McCaffrey going to IR and done for the year too, right? Which would you rather have in Dynasty, McCaffrey or Cook? Scott, what do you think? What do you think? Which one of those two do you want right now? Pick one gun to your head. Cook. Straight up, even trade. Philip, are you uh, on McCaffrey. Team? You, oh, McCaffrey, you changed. Are you on are you on McCaffrey or are you on Cook? I'm on McCaffrey just because of uh his points per game. It's, yeah. it's unstoppable. He gets like yeah. eight catches when he a game. Plays. Yeah, when that's when he plays, he's good. He's a and he's a better running back overall, in my opinion, just off of just pure talent. Cook is yeah. good. It, it's close, but just off of pure talent, I think CMC is good for fantasy purposes, just for, for a PPR and, and whatnot. Yeah, and you're in, I think you're entirely right. I think and, and CMC is definitely is the guy I go with too. I think that Cook has got a lot of potential, and I think he's still going to be a, a probably going to be a top twelve running back next year, even with all the question marks and down performance. Really, he's had this year. I just don't think that there's enough to really drop him. And kind of what Scott was saying, who are you raising to replace him? You know, and is Damian Harris now a top twelve running back? <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like there are just not a lot of great running backs out there. And I think the murkier the running back field gets, the worse the top gets by default, you know, like has to be that way. So I think that if you're still looking at the, just the two straight up, you know, one versus the other, I still go CMC over cook, but what about CMC or Swift? Which one do you think on that Scott CMC or Swift Swift. long-term? All right. And Philip, are you on that same page or CMC still long, long, long long-term? Oh God, that's a tough one. Cause CMC is older. 
Mm, that's just tough. I will probably have to go. Right? I will probably have to go Swift only because I feel like they're going to get a rookie quarterback and they're going to have to lean on him to catch the ball out the backfield. And he is he is elite out of the backfield uh, from what we saw this year. Here's where I think the the question gets even murkier. And I just want I'll, I'll get this and we can move on from running backs a little bit. But I think if, if right now I I might rather have CMC. I mean they're both kind of hurt. They're both kind of questionable. You're not really getting a lot of points from either one. But I do believe once we're done with the season and we get closer to rookie drafts, that CMC name, all of this injury stink will wear off just like it did last year. And everybody will be like, no, he's he's good. He'll be back. He's, you know, they, just, they were fluke injuries or they didn't have a good quarterback. You know, Cam came back and it was all there's going to be a whole bunch of people out there, even if it's two or three people in your league. I'll bet you can still trade CMC for Swift in a piece. Whereas I don't think you can do that the other way in the rookie draft year because Swift is so young. I don't think you're going to be able to get CMC plus, even though he's young. I just don't think uh -uh. that's going to happen. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Like if I want one long term, I agree. I think Swift is the better play. But value wise, if you're playing the market and you're trying to, you know, see where values can go up and down, I think CMC is maybe the better investment. But you got to get out the next chance you can. The next positive yeah, he, hype when they sign a quarterback oh, or they draft somebody, you know, the next positive news buzz, you get your you get your butt out of that CMC game. That's my thought. Um, right. But, and I, I don't think we go to go too far into that, but I just think dynasty values of those top guys is going to be all over the place a year from now. We could be looking at an entirely different set of running backs at the top, which is just going to be great. Uh, you we get some be. of these new rookies. You get some of these other younger guys coming up. Dobbins coming back. Etn coming back. Acres coming back. Like these young guys, mm -hmm. maybe they can make a rush. That's who adds to the top twelve. So very excited to see some of that. The only other uh, running back that I wanted to mention, and if you guys have anyone else, of course, feel free to jump in. But the only other one mm -hmm. I wanted to mention was Melvin Gordon, partially because of all the Javante Williams buzz. Uh, all season long, there's a lot of people that have had Javante Williams waiting for the day when he could take over. Here we are, you know, week 13. Maybe this is the chance. I mean, if you're still holding Williams, you, you got to have it. You got it. This is it, right? Gordon's out. What do you think, Philip? Yeah. Where are you at with Gordon and Williams? I can't stand Melvin Gordon, you know? He's just in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I, I, you. I really don't. And the and the thing that was annoying is that he kept scoring touchdowns and yes, kept making a fantasy relevant. Yep. I'm like, yo, if you're looking at the whole grand scheme of the game, he doesn't look really that good. And if you look at his whole career, other than maybe like one or two seasons, his yards per carry were always terrible. Yep. He was always fantasy relevant because he was somebody might have said that in this very podcast <laughs> just a few weeks ago. Yep. And he always scores touchdowns at the one yard line and it always boosts his ranking up high. And that's why I was never really a big fan of Melvin Gordon. I mean, I'll tell you Meanwhile, what, if, if all of us that are not professionals in the industry can see it, why can't the Broncos see this? I'm so confused by right. it. I don't, we all I don't see get it. it. It's like people hate rookies, like like yeah. those old decrepit coaches hate rookies and they just want to play the vets. But meanwhile, the rookies are playing well and yep. Devonta Williams is a better running back. You well, saw he's, he's just bouncing off of players, just run, act like they're just not even there. And he's getting like six, five, six yards of carry every well, time. If Gordon sits, is this the week that Javante breaks out then, Scott? Are you thinking this is this is his time to shine finally? Got a good matchup. It definitely is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know they like to implement more than one running back. Typically, they're not going to give them like, you know, 90% of the work. But even so, if he gets 70, 80%, um man it's yeah it's wheels up man like like this is this might be your last opportunity to trade for him 
Um, I've been saying all along, trade for him, trade, you know, trade whatever you have to get this guy. Like, you know, we had our find me a trade a couple of weeks ago where the guy traded away Javante and I was like, yeah. no, get him back. Oh, like, <laughs> you, you know, like, like, uh, it just, it, he's one of those guys that he's going to be in that next group and next year at this time, he's going to be a top five if he's not already. I mean, I saw some crazy stuff on Twitter. Somebody had him ranked at like four. And it's like, listen, if you can sell for, you know, a good player and multiple firsts and things like that, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that because we really don't know what his potential is. But at the same time, like, I'm not paying that for him. But, hey, if I can get him for a single first at any point, like, yeah, I'm, I am doing that 100%. And if I'm looking to pivot off of a Cook, a CMC, a Barkley, any of those guys, I would love to just get Javante plus, and I would be I very, very happy with that. Yeah, like I don't think we're any of us is saying Javante's ahead of those guys, but if you get but, the right piece on top of Javante, it's worth moving off of some of them. I might still say Swift is the one I don't really want to move just because of his youth and everything else, but yeah, if you're yeah. telling me I can do Cook for Javante and a 23 first, or Done. Cook for Javante and Done. Michael Pittman, something like one of those like, younger wide receiver twos that is ascending. Right. I'm smashing that every day of the week because I do think that, that 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 time is coming and it could be this week. I do want to mention this, though. If if it doesn't happen this week and your league doesn't have a trade deadline, there is going to be a chance at some point there is going to be a dip before he elevates. I think as soon as Gordon leaves the team, that window is 100 percent shut. And so it's Close. really between now and the end of the season is where that dip could happen. I'm not saying it will, but you have to keep your eyes open on that. If you want Javante at any sort of discount, you have to hope he does badly, which sounds counterintuitive. But what you want here <laughs> right. is you want you want that Denver Broncos team to look so bad on the on all assets, all aspects, really. You want Javante to go like 20 for 85 yards, no touchdowns, no passes, like, you know, like a good day, but not a great day. Or maybe the dynasty manager of that team is just like, you know what? Get me out of this. I'm off. I can't wait anymore. There are plenty of people that play dynasty and know it's a long term game but play it week to week and have very short mind spans on this. And I think that, you know, again, not in my league, as everyone says, the, you never know, go out and check, right? At the same time, mm. if he does well this week, I agree. The window's open for him to take off. Your window to buy is now officially closed. And if you have him, hold him. I don't see any reason, even if he has a bad week, I'm not selling. But yeah, I think Javante is going to be one of those names we're talking about for years to come. I agree. Mm. Any other running backs you guys want to mention here real quick before we move on? Well, running backs are tricky this time of year because there's so many like Amir Abdullah is going to be a guy people start and Brandon Bolden is getting started in some of my leagues. You know, like running backs are so who knows. Park, let me ask you, is is Miles Sanders, is he just is he just terrible? He's not bad. That's the thing that makes me mad. I just it's it's the coaching staff doesn't like when he fumbles. It's good. I, that's what I'm. Oh, I I don't think Nick Sirianni likes when you run for more than six yards per carry, though. It's too efficient no, for his he, offense, and he's he got to go. He assumes you're tired. Go have a seat, man. That's yes, a long way. Right. To yeah. But he he fumbled once, and I understand he just came back from the injury, and then they benched him for two quarters, and then they brought him back when you it was like first and ten at the three yard line at your own three, and you uh, uh, we put you back in. Because if you fumble, it'll be a safety or a touchdown for another team. <laughs> it's stupid. I, I I just don't understand what they're what they're thinking with Miles. Ugh. But when Miles gets the ball, he looks dynamic. Yeah, 
And it's odd. It's almost I, like I Sirianni's just looking at the box score and not watching the game at all, right? Like he's yeah, like, what are I you know, even doing here? He's I, yeah, playing I rock, paper, scissors on the sideline and not paying attention to the dang game. And Dude, Boston actually, Scott might be smaller than Kyler Murray, and they keep running him out there like 60% exactly. of the snaps. And not the crazy thing is Jordan Howard, when Jordan Howard's healthy, he looks really, really good. Yeah. But that was when Miles Sanders was out. Right. Um, Gainwell too. Gainwell's I, looked all right too. I mean, like that whole offense yeah, and Hertz is running the ball. Like that that offense changed from a mm-hmm. passing offense to a running offense but, in what felt like overnight, and they're not using but, Sanders somehow. I don't get how that works. But when Sa- no, when Sanders was healthy, they wanted to pass the ball. When he got hurt, they ran the ball. Yep. When he came back, they started passing the ball again. <laughs> they just hate him. It's almost like Sirianni's common, playing against Sanders every week in fantasy. He's common, like, no. That's what it is. No, I can't. I need I need those points. <laughs> he got Jordan Howard starting every week. <sighs> but I, I, I still think uh, it sounds terrible. I still think he's a hold. Um, I, and if I'm not mistaken, this might be his contract year. I don't know if this is his uh, or not. I have to I have to look that up. I, I don't know if he has one more year, but um, it's not looking good for him at this point. I think they might draft a receipt, uh, draft a running back next year. Well, we yeah, talked about more. Miles Sanders. One more year. Okay, mm-hmm. we talked about Miles Sanders a couple times on this podcast, and then we hit it, we uh, kind of I think we burned it to the ground with Marianne Brandon Marianne Lee a couple weeks ago. So it just <laughs> I, what do you do with this guy? Nobody has a clue. I think hold is the no, only you, answer. Yeah, you, you have to hold them, or you sell them to an Eagles not. fan. That's that's always my plan. Well, Eagles fans are optimistic and positive, as I like to say. They're they're so happy and not mean at all. No, I'm just being sarcastic. No. Um, Bro, I, I sometimes I hate my own people. Like I, it, it's annoying. Yeah. When we're doing when we're doing well, we're going to the Super Bowl on the radio. When yeah. we're terrible, right. Let's trade everybody. Everybody well, radio is wild. You know, it's even best. Like you're two and zero. We're going to the Super Bowl. Like you're two and zero, guys. Like calm it down. Right. You know, and then y'all should y'all should really listen to sports radio. Like one morning, it's it's good for It's not good for I have. It's emotional as crap. Yeah, so reactionary. It's it's oh, it's yeah. in audio form. I love it. Well, I think I think that's a good job in running backs. I think we've covered a couple of good ones. Receivers. There's some interesting names on this list. I think the the one that I, I definitely <laughs> wanted to bring up, and and I'm curious especially with your opinion on this one, Scott, being that you live in Chicago, what are we doing with Allen Robinson? Like this guy's going <laughs> to miss another game. Do we even want to bother with that guy on dynasty just, teams? Like, just is caught it- him. Just I caught would- him. You know, what's funny. I would not be shocked if there is a dynasty league out there with 25 or 30 roster spots and somebody actually cuts him. Cause they're just like, I'm done. I'm off this train. No, I mean, he's another guy that's like, you don't know what's happening because he's obviously not coming back to the bears. They have burned that bridge so bad. It doesn't matter how the rest mm-hmm. of the season it's, he will not come back and I don't blame him. It's I'm glad I, I love Allen Robinson and I believe he should leave because it's such a garbage organization and they treat him like crap. He should want a hundred percent leave. Um, so he's gone. And so it's like, okay, where does he end up? And you know, what does he have left? I mean, honestly, last year, uh, for the 2020 season, PFF released their um, wide receivers ranked by routes run. And he wasn't as necessarily like one or two, but across like the 15 routes that they showed, he was in the top five in like every single one. The guy is masterful. And all he did this offseason was work on his craft and get even better 
and work on his release and work on his his hands and everything. I mean, the guy is is amazing. And the crazy thing to me is they gave him a contract coming off a torn ACL, coming from a terrible organization in the Jaguars, and we had no idea what to expect, and they gave him all that money. And now we know what he is and how great he is, and they won't give him any money. It's like, but anyway, um, so keep yeah, going, I just, just keep going. Let he's just like one of those, he's one of those guys right now. And you're going to have, you know, of course the ages that are like, well, he's old and he's done and he's getting hurt. And he's, but he's, he's not because the way that he plays, he can, he can run routes. He can contest and catch. He can play inside, outside. The guy can continue playing. If he signs somewhere in the right situation next year, I think he will be a tremendous value. So if you can trade for him now where you don't necessarily need him, um, mm-hmm. I, I think you should be buying him, but maybe not necessarily, you know, you can't put a lot of stock into it where maybe a roster where you're pretty loaded and you can take a risk, or maybe you have a bunch of young receivers or a bunch of 22 picks where you feel like you can give one up. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely not selling him. You know, just hoping that by next year, even if you're out on him and you just you can't you don't want to deal with him, I don't think you can sell him right now. Just hold and wait for a better situation because this offseason he's going to sign somewhere and there's going to be hype and you can sell him then if you if you don't want him on your roster. Mm-hmm. Is that is that where you're at too, Philip? <clears throat> I, I mean, I will be personally buying him just just based off of potential. We know he's good, and I I, I think I can trust him to know that he won't sign. With, with another terrible team <laughs> yeah like hopefully like if, if he like, learned his hopefully lesson if uh yeah twice because you had blake bortles the first time like how, how bad is that right Go from blake to to trubisky Oof. to andy dalton <laughs> like it, it's just well, like he, it's just constantly he's fine with dalton actually yeah. so listen if he plays this week and dalton plays i'm i'm plugging him in my lineup but if he plays and fields plays then I'm benching him. So yeah. that's how it's going to go as far as, you know, I mean, Andy Dalton came out in one quarter and scored more fantasy points than Fields had in three weeks. <laughs> and then last week he had another pretty, you know, yeah. decent, you know, 22 points, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I started him in a bunch of spots. I needed somebody. And I mean, Dalton was literally on waivers in some weeks. So <laughs> yeah, uh, he is. Well, I, I mean, mean it has better be one quarterback because if it's super flex, I want to join those leagues. Yeah, no, no, one quarterback for sure. But hey, 22 points just streaming. I mean, that's I'll, I'll, take, I'll that. take that all day. But yeah, I mean, if Fields is in, um, you're not starting Robinson probably the rest of the season, I would guess. Well, and honestly, he's not rushing to come back because why? Why would you just exactly. sit out? Yeah. You know what this reminds me of is that AJ Green injury. Remember where he was like a veteran. Uh-huh. He didn't really have a reason to play. It was uh-huh. a contract year. And he was just kind of like mm-hmm. halfway through the season was like, yep, I'm just, I'm going to ride the bike. I'm good. I don't need to risk it. I yeah. Need to get and, worse. and look how, look how AJ Green has rebounded in. Yep. He's older, yep. much older than Allen Robinson. Three or four years, I think. He and had. he went to a team that has like seven receivers. You know, they <laughs> spread the ball like crazy. So imagine wherever Robinson goes is probably going to be a better situation and he'll probably still be the guy or, or the one a, you know, wherever he ends up. So yeah, man, I, I'm, I still love the guy. Still oh, I do too. And, and I want to put my, my two cents in here and join the team of saying, buy Allen Robinson, hold if you have mm-hmm. him, 
Um, I know that there are some, there are some, I could see some reasons to sell them, I guess. Only if, if you're looking at it, like if I'm contending and I, I'm, I'm, I'm weak at receiver, I had Robert Woods or I have Debo Samuel, like some of these other guys, like Antonio Brown, I was hoping to come back and, you know, he's not going to be back till the playoffs are over at this point almost. Um, but it's like, maybe I would think about something like that, where if I've got someone like Robinson, I could maybe sell on the optimism and the hope and maybe sell him for a player that's actually putting up points and helping me win a title. I'm fine with that. But that, that mm-hmm. is the only context I'm even recommending it. You know what I mean? Like there's just no value in selling right now because I think we all agree his value is not going to get much lower. I feel like it's probably plateaued for the moment. Um, it, he can't get more injured and more miss a game. I mean, like he, he's missing time. That's about as low as you can get. Time. Even if he comes back, maybe it bumps. But what what's the point? Dude, here's okay. Here's a couple uh, recent trades. I wanted to bring this up. So one guy that we were we've been talking about the last few weeks, Odell Beckham, straight yeah. up Beckham for Robinson. Give me Robinson all day, wow. all day. Here's another one, Dawson Knox, straight up for Allen Robinson. Now, if you're in a tight end premium and you need a tight end, that's that might be a right trade now. where I love, where you I love Dawson Knox, Robinson. Though. That's fine. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. Knox, I'll, bye. See ya. Yep. Yep. Um, another <laughs> one, Allen Robinson for Gronk. I mean, Ooh. dude, again, that's a that's another you know, win now kind of move. Like if, if you're, you're selling if you're win now and you need Gronk? a tight end, I'm cool with it. But if I you're like on it. the other side, please buy a Rob. I like it. No, I got to go try to make some trades. Those are good. I didn't know it was that low already. So I know too. And a lot of the leagues that I'm in where I'm, I'm honest to God rebuilding and have nobody on my roster of any value. <laughs> I'm thinking like maybe a second in a certain situation could get it done. But at that point it's rebuild to rebuild. So like if you're rebuilding, why are you moving Robinson anyway? You know what I mean? Like you're not getting points with a second. You're not getting points with Robinson. Like those are the kind of mm-hmm. trades right now. And we'll maybe get into some of that that are kind of hard to do as the deadline gets closer. It's like, you know, why, why make that trade today? What's what's the impetus? I talk about that a lot when people DM me and they're like, hey, should I make this trade? I'm like, well, why are you making it right now? What is the point in doing it today? Timing is everything. Mm. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. So like with Robinson, I feel like there isn't really a rush other than the trade deadline rush. But at the same time, his value will go up when he eventually does leave the Bears, which we know is happening. That's not a question. And 100%. he will go somewhere better because almost every team is better than the Bears. So it's only going to go up, you know? So yeah, I don't see a reason to get rid of him right now, but if you can pry him out of someone else's hands, I fully support that. So the only other receiver, I just say the other, but the only other receiver I really want to talk about value wise, because the value has been all over the board is Debo Samuel, right? Debo got hurt. Well, let's, let's kind of pan back a little further. Debo last year had a great year going into this season. He was being drafted ahead of Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Everybody was kind of going crazy. And then, well, that was last season, right? Now it's flipped. Now Ayuk is the guy, right? No, 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 now it's now it's Debo again. And so, like, the problem <laughs> with this and all of this is that do we even trust Debo Samuel when he's healthy? I kind of want to say no. Like, he worries me even healthy. You don't know what the hell that team is doing. You don't know what Shanahan's and his shenanigans are going to be doing. I mean, like, I guess, right. Philip, where are you at with Debo? Is he somebody that you think is taking a hit? Is this a big deal, a little deal? Does it matter? What do you think? I, I think the biggest problem is just the, his his style of play. He just likes to run people over, and that obviously causes injury. That's why I he love really it. He wants to be like he wants to be real life Debo. And like this year, <laughs> I didn't touch I didn't touch any Ayuk, but I got like Debo in like the eighth and ninth round. I got yeah. lucky, but yeah. it's like you got to take that risk. Do you want him? Is he going to produce for you, or is he going to be on the bench? I personally yeah. love Debo just because just just the way he plays, and they like to use him as a running back. I freaking love that. Yeah. That means he's getting more. He's getting more. Uh, he's getting more touches. 
So it's either he's going to be running the ball or catching the ball. I'm I'm still I'm still sticking with Debo for me personally. Same for you, Scott. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's pretty well known that I I personally love him as a <laughs> wide receiver guy and watching wide receivers. I mean, I I think he's he's one of my favorites by far in the league, anywhere, anytime to watch. Um, but as I've always said, and as as I said before the season, during the season, and I'll say it again and again, the guy has a a, a tremendous injury history in college. Mm-hmm. And man, if you can't stay healthy in college, I just, I mean, it's, it's just so difficult to, you know, especially the longer the season goes and, oh man, and it's really unfortunate. So I really sold most of my Debo shares. Um, I do have a couple left, but it's, it's one of those things where he is, is he almost like the, the wide receiver CMC? Right, because mm. like per game when he's in there, it's like, man, this guy is just crazy. And then, but then he's out, you know. And then, and then he's, oh no, he's back. Oh, now he's a running back, you know. And then it's like, oh no, he's, you know, like he can do it all, but he's you know, like I just, younger Cordero Patterson, right? Like he's like that know. new that new jack of all trades, not quite Taysom Hill gadget Master level, but enough. he's yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I think the bigger. It, issue for me is when we eventually get to Trey Lance like first of all how has Jimmy G stayed healthy this long like what kind of witch doctor has he been seeing (laughs) right like something's going on there uh that's that's some steroids or something right but um he's somehow stayed healthy uh when Trey Lance gets in there it's not a matter of if it's he will be is it though like man it's not going to be this year though I don't think it's going to be this year what's the point okay no no that's fine so if it's not then it's it's going to be next year maybe not starting the season but again it's just it's just a matter of time they gave up everything they're going he's going to be the guy um and at that point what who's going to be the guy we we don't know A, a quarterback you you saw what like Dalton came out and everybody's like, Andy Dalton's terrible. Yeah, well, at least he could get the ball to Allen Robinson and, and Cole Komet and some of these guys. And then Justin Fields comes in, and it's like, you don't, you can't hit. Okay, Porkman, was Justin Fields not incredible in college? Could he not make every he, throw? Did he not have he make- everything everywhere? And now it's like the guy doesn't even know how to throw the football. Like, what, you know, so again, you just don't know what's going to happen think, and what receivers I think the biggest are going to favor. The biggest issue with Fields, not to get off topic, but I think it's more of like the offense at Nagy. I think it was just a little oh, bit hundred percent, a hundred percent. And and with Ohio State, that offense is very simple. So it's like it's you it's not just one read. You're doing different reads, but it's like smooth routes. When they're giving you twenty two blue, forty two X Y, whatever. PlayStation, Xbox 360, 575. Like it's hard. It's hard to remember all that stuff when you're coming straight from. from no that. doubt, you're no not coming doubt. from a pro style. So I think he has the skills, but no doubt. Just, and the, and I would time. make the same argument for Lance coming from FCS to you know mm-hmm. to the 49ers and doing all that. And I think he's going to utilize his legs a lot. And I think that's what they want him to do. They want to simplify it like they did for RG3. You know, they want to be efficient. They want to do those things. And so who does that benefit? I don't know. I can't tell you. You know, right. it could be Debo, but it, it might be Kittle. It might be Iuke. It might be somebody we don't, you know, it might be Jawan Jennings. Like, we have no idea who Trey Lance is going right. to connect with and have that rapport and what, 
you know, how they're going to build that offense. So well, to kind of go back to, to Debo for a minute here, I think that the thing that worries me about him is the injury history. Number one, the, the amount of times they put the ball in his hands while it's good, like a CMC version, it's too much. Maybe like maybe they, they just mm-hmm. use him all over the place and they don't, like you said, even to Philip master of none, right? Like he's not a great receiver. He does have some good tendencies and he's a terrific athlete, but I don't know right. if I consider him like an elite receiver. It's someone you just want to get the ball in his hands and let him go in open field. Like I'm fine with that. I think that there is definitely a need for that in the NFL, but in, in dynasty that worries me a little, because it just puts you out there so much more to get hurt. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's a rough game. These are car crashes at every, every single hit. You know what I mean? Like this is not a light mm-hmm. game. And it just, that worries me in dynasty. So I guess let's, let's end on this with the Debo talk. Is this potentially a buy window? Are you guys looking to maybe try to scoop him up at this, you know, injury window? Is this the lowest he's going to be? Do you feel like he's just going up from here or has he got another potential to go down Philip, in your mind from, from here to the end of the season? At this point, if, like if you're looking at his ranking and see how high he is on the wide receiver rankings, I think it's going to be a little bit too expensive. Yep. Um, and I don't I think people are going to buy that much um, for him. And w- when you were talking about injuries piling up in college, uh, one, the one receiver just popped in my head who hasn't really performing that much is LaVisca Chenault, too. Mm, he had right. a whole bunch of injuries coming out. He was good. Right. But when the injuries pile up and you get into the league and you're getting into these uh, these car crashes, I-95 car crashes every play, it, it you don't you don't really play the same. Well, I'm saying more like, do you think the current dynasty manager might see this and be like, man, I don't know, maybe the writing's on the wall. Maybe I get a, you know, try to sell high and they think they're selling high and, you know, it's a fair price. You're not going to try to, you know, go way below market here. But I'm just saying like, is this maybe a potential, a window to buy, right? It's not, not a window to steal, but a window to literally pay the right price. Is it worth adding that kind of risk to your roster? I mean, Scott, as someone who's got 40 rosters, you know, how many of those have a guy like Debo on them? Yeah, it, it will be it will be a, a huge risk. Um, just like just like Scott said, next year you got Trey Lance. You don't know if he's gonna like throwing the ball to Devo, Ayuk, Jennings, Kittle, Dwelly. You don't you don't really know at that point. So I, I don't know. That that I think that's that's a huge risk to to buy to spend all that capital to get him at this point. I all right, I'm gonna give you here. I'm gonna throw out three trades here and you guys just say which which side. So, okay, Debo or a 22 first and a 23 first? Picks. Picks picks or Debo? Yeah, I'll take the picks. I'll take the picks. Okay, Debo for CMC. 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 Every day of the week. Just a running back. Okay, (laughs) and then Debo for Juju, a 22 first and a 22 second. I still take Juju in the picks. Ew. I don't I want know. Juju at all. Though. Oh, and I, I, I still love the Juju trade. But I think it's the picks, though. And the picks one. are valuable still. I like it too. Yeah. Yeah. One more Debo for Javante Williams and a 22 second. Oh, Javante and 22 second. I think I'm I do Javante that. too, but that's a close one for me. I, yeah. I like Javante, yeah. but that's, that's a good one. Not actually. A lot on that's top. a good one. Ooh. I like that one. I think, I think that Javante put it over the top for me for yeah. that one. I think yeah. I still go Javante, but that's one that I would go, uh, ooh. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. You know, yeah. Yeah. But I <laughs> oh, mean that good. that kind of gives you an idea that you you can definitely get something for him if you want to sell him. And also if you want to buy him, like you're not giving up a ton. I mean, I wouldn't give up CMC for him probably yeah. right now, but um, you know, it, it doesn't look like you have to go crazy if you really want it. You know what I trade Juju in a first for him? 
Eh, I probably wouldn't, but if I'm competing and he's going to come back healthy, maybe. Um, Late first know, at that point. you know, not a crazy overpay. If you really like him, that's not a crazy well, overpay. I think the, the value in these kind of discussions, and, and you know, we can kind of move on to trade talks or deadlines, I guess, after this, but I think that the value in some of this is you never know until you ask. And I, I, I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many times people go, that would never work in my league. I'm like, then move on. Like, okay, then this advice isn't for you. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're trying to talk to the masses here. And I know with on, on Dynasty Rewind, I'm sure you get a lot of that too, Philip. where it's like, you know, we're, we're trying to give general advice to a crowd of people that are not in the same league as me, right? And there's so mm-hmm. much more context when it comes to trades and everything. I mean, I, we, we say it till we're blue in the face. You know, trades are not in a vacuum. They're on a vacuum in Twitter, you know what I mean? But that's not how it works in reality. You know, there's a whole right. bunch more that goes into this. And I think sometimes people, I don't want to say they forget that, but I just think that sometimes people ignore that and go, it doesn't work for me. I'm like, well, go find something that does. Um, right, the, only right. other, the only other player I wanted to bring up, and uh, we, we can kind of move on on this one pretty quick. I don't think it's going to take a lot of talk, but the tight end landscape has been kind of brutal this year, as it always is. But the one, yeah. that, I, the one that I'm frustrated by recently is Darren Waller, who was supposed to be kind of like tight end two undisputed when Kittle went down and Andrews was not sure and all that. But now we got Waller mm-hmm. kind of joining what I would call that third tier of tight ends, which is everyone past yeah. tight end five altogether. Um, I mean, where are you at with Darren Waller? Is he somebody you want on your dynasty roster? Or are you kind of fed up with these injuries? Do you think this is a long-term thing? Where are you at with that? It's just a tough thing for me because at one point I wanted to sell Waller and then the whole thing happened with uh, with Ruggs, unfortunately, with his issues. And I was like, okay, I'll just keep him for right now. And then he produced maybe like a week. And then it went back to the norm. And then now he's hurt. So it's like, which one do you actually want? And then when Foster when Foster uh, Moreau comes in, he actually looks legit. He scores touchdowns. He gets yards. So I don't I don't really know. I would probably probably try to sell him pretty high for for me personally. Um, I'm a Dawson Knox fan. Um, I was a Gerald Everett fan before he got COVID. So if you can get the tight end that you like. And um and and get plus for that, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, is that so I think I think next year Dawson's gonna gonna uh, eat more. You think Dawson Knox is gonna be better? I think he's gonna be better volume wise. This year okay. he's he's very touchdown dependent at this point, but I think this is his fourth year or third year coming up. Um, so I think he'll continue to progress and be integrated into that offense in between the twenties as well as the red zone. Okay. Are you worried at all about Waller though, Scott? Do you think it's something that we need to, I mean, we were just talking how bad the tight end landscape is, but is Waller still part of that or is he still a good tight end in your mind? Yeah. I mean, I never liked Waller to begin with. So I, this would be, I mean, I literally have zero shares, none. I don't have a single share. So, uh, it's just, (laughs) One of those things where, I mean, I guess people picked him up, whatever, and then he blew up and it was like, well, I'm not going to pay for him. So I guess I won't have him, right? Um, (laughs) We'll have him, right. So it's not, you know, it's not strange to have zero, but that's just how it is. Uh, But the the other thing with that is I'm looking bigger picture. And I mean, Gruden's gone. Like, what's going to happen with that team? I mean, it's going to be a new coach. We don't know that they're going to run through the tight end. Uh, They're not going to have maybe... Not going to have scaredy cat Derek Carr too much longer, you know, who will basically only throw to him. So, um, you know, if if anything changes there, coaching, quarterback, whatever, I mean, I would be I would sell at all costs. Um, I, I think you got to get out like as soon as possible. If he comes back you- healthy this year, next year, whatever it is, you got You got to get rid of him, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think you're kind of convincing me on that, too, because I think you're hitting the nail on the head. There's a lot of question marks coming up in the next six months for him and that whole team, mm-hmm. really. I mean, we don't know what the draft is going to do for them. You know, come April, this team could look entirely different. It could be like the Dolphins where they just start shipping everyone off and it goes mm-hmm. to a total rebuild for a year or two. And that's not great for Waller, who I think is 28 and for a tight end, 29, I think, maybe. But yeah, I think he's, he's 29. He was for a tight end, that's there. fine. You know, that's kind of hitting your prime. But for someone like that, they may not want to look at that and rebuild around him, right? They may want to say, all right, let's let's move forward and let's find something else. So, yeah, I mean, Waller's – I have him on a couple teams, and I'm, I'm holding him for the most part because I'm contending on those. And it's like, well, you know, I might as well hold through the end of the year and kind of see what happens. But, I mean, these injuries are not great any time of the year. But right at the end of the year, it feels like even worse. <laughs> like, oh, it hurts even harder. But anyway, yeah. that's pretty much where I wanted to go with some of the injuries. I think we did a pretty good job hammering some of that home. I, again, we're not an injury podcast, so I don't feel like we need to get too deep. But was there anybody else that you guys wanted to hit on before we move on to our, our main event tonight? Sounds yeah, good. Know. All right. So I know this one, it's kind of a – I don't want to say it's a hot topic. That's not really fair. But for me, trade deadlines are can be polarizing. There are people out there that feel like there should be trade deadlines. There are people that say, no, there should never be trade deadlines. I kind of have some opinions on this, but I know the easiest way I thought of to introduce this is let's assume that you you have to have a trade deadline. What week is the best week to do it? Is it before week 12, which is now out of 17 weeks, you know, like is or actually 18 weeks or 17 games is week 12 too early? Is it better to go later? I mean, Scott, I know you had some you had some thoughts on this. Maybe we'll kind of pass it off to you. When is your your prime or your your perfect trade deadline, if there is one? Yeah. So prior to this season, um, most of my leagues um, and leagues that I run uh, and leagues that I'm in was Thanksgiving. It, it was right at that point. It seemed to make sense. It's a short week. Uh, you're heading into the playoffs, like. I, I don't know what or why, but just like people probably have off work, like maybe they can get some last minute trades. Like, I don't know. Like it was just like, that was just when it was like, I don't, that's kind of was the redraft mentality. And, you know, people generally don't just like, they don't just play fantasy football and like join dynasty, right? Like you come from redraft. Like, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know many people that were just like, yeah, I just joined a, gi- a dynasty league, you know, and I've never played redraft before. You know what I mean? So it was kind of always that mentality of like um, in a redraft league, you you absolutely should have a trade deadline because yep. it's just for the, the competitive balance of the league. I mean, you can't you can't be trading in, you know, <laughs> week 15. Like, that's just crazy to me. And so, like, obviously, just for the integrity of the league, you have to have a trade deadline. So I think it's just kind of ingrained within us from coming from that, that that's how it works. Now, in Dynasty, I completely understand the argument of, like, there should never be – a trade deadline. And I very, very vividly remember a discussion between our good friends, Dynasty Outhouse and Brian Haar back in the early days of Trade Addicts, where they were talking about this. And they're like, there should be no trade deadline in Dynasty. Everybody's involved. Everybody's trying to do something. You can have, you know, an arms race for the competing teams. It helps the rebuilding teams because they're able to get more assets. And, you know, it keeps activity throughout the year and all that type of stuff. And I completely get that argument. Uh, and then on the other hand, you have some that are like, well, but the trade deadline, that's going to reinforce activity, you know, right before the trade deadline, we're going to get a ton of trades and that's, you know, whatever, which I have found that not to be true. So no. I get the argument, but I have 
personally found that is not true um, in, in my leagues. I mean, I, I have some that trade deadline just came and went and nobody would ever know because there were no trades, nothing happened. And it's <laughs> like, okay. Um, and it's kind of frustrating too, because like the only league that I have OBJ had a trade deadline on Thanksgiving oh. and the guy finally had a game and I can't, <laughs> there's nothing I can do with him now. Like, <laughs> man, I hate this guy and I can't get rid of him. I just can't nope. get him off my roster. So like, I'm super annoyed that I have a trade deadline in that league, but uh, that is a safe leagues by the way. Um, but what was interesting is I went through all of my leagues uh, a couple weeks ago and I just took notes on when is the trade deadline. Right. And I was very surprised and I don't know if this is a more recent thing, but I certainly didn't remember this like three or four years ago. Over half of my leagues don't have one. So I don't know if I've just evolved to the point where I'm in so many leagues with, you know, if there's more industry people. It looks to me like the leagues with more industry people tend not to have them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whereas some of my more like random leagues, if you want to call it random internet people. Yeah, those those tend to have them. Um, So, you know, whatever. I think it's whatever the league decides. You know, whatever you guys want to do, there's no right way to do it. Uh, I think people disagree with me on that. Some people have a very strong opinion uh, one way or another. But honestly, it, it for me being in so many leagues, it was actually kind of nice. Because then what I did a couple weeks ago is I started focusing on those leagues that had the trade deadline coming up. And I worked on those leagues. And then I worked on the next group. And then that deadline passed. And I worked on this week. You know, and so it kind of gave me a chance to reset all of those and kind of focus on on some of them. So uh, I kind of like that it's so variable that it's not just the same in every league because uh, it would be chaos for me. Oh man, I mean, there's no way I could do 46 <laughs> trade deadline week 13. Like it's just I couldn't no. do it. Um, so I personally like that it is what it is and and what people want it to be. Um, but at the same time, you can't have it too early. So I did notice there were a lot of leagues and like literally like <laughs> this week or last week, we're like, yeah, we screwed up. We, yep. We're going to push the trade deadline back a week, right? And like <laughs> everybody's like, cool, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like nobody was mad about that. Um, right. So I think maybe at a certain point it gets to the teams that are out of it, uh, maybe kind of get bored or, you know, maybe lose interest this time of year if there's no trade deadline. So I, I can see that argument too. So I know I'm kind of making the argument for everything, but again, that's what I'm, I'm in it. You know, this is what I have. This is what I'm, I'm working with. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, from that point, I'm very, very surprised at how many of my leagues don't have one. Um, and also I just, at the end of the day, the final note is know when it is. And make those moves because you can't you can't screw up and be and and miss an opportunity, whether you're competing or not. If you're a contender and you need a piece, you better get them. And if you're rebuilding and there's somebody you need to get rid of or get off your roster, you better not miss the opportunity because you're probably getting nothing for them. Well, and before I give my thoughts, I guess, Pork, where are you at with that? Are you kind of on the same page or kind of whatever the league is right? There is no right answer. Or do you actually have a stronger opinion, like a take that you want to put out here today? (laughs) No, I I think it's just more of the whatever the integrity of the league is in. So, like, if you're in a league with, like, experts and there's no trade deadline, you don't see, like, you won't see, like, like, a bogus trade in the playoffs. 
that would be like, hey, you're just this is collusion, and then you got to have a fight over it, and then they got to be a big veto, and then people are cursing back and forth, and they're not coming back. So I, I've had a couple leagues like that where it's like it's like a redraft league, and people were just making dumb stuff, and it's like, okay, we have to enforce this because of the people just being douchebags, for lack of better terms. So yeah. I feel exactly. like for everything. So if I'm I'm in a league with, with Andrew or in league with Scott, I know we're not in the semifinals and you're trading Derrick Henry last year to go to the finals for, I don't know, Nelson Aguilar. It would be like something <laughs> stupid. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it's like, that. yeah, nobody likes that. So it, when it gets to a point where I need to, when it needs to be policed and you know who you're in the league with, that's where it needs to be. Um, I feel like it should be um, the last week of the season, if it needs to be. The last week of the regular season, I should say. Just so, so you, know, you can set up your league, set up your playoff team wherever you want it to be. And then when the playoffs come, just you know turn that off. And then once that's over, then go for it. But yeah, if you're in, think- in, a, in a league with integrity, you're fine. <laughs> Well, I think that's kind of what I was going to say, too, is like I prefer leagues that have a trade deadline when the playoffs start, whenever that is. And the main reason Mm -hmm. being there is a lot of uh, I don't want to say collusion, but there's a lot of drama that comes around trades in the in the postseason. I've been in a couple of leagues that are that are no deadline leagues. And and I, again, fully respect that. And I no problem with it. It, They're kind of fun and all this. But there are sometimes where a trade happens in the playoffs and it dramatically shifts the balance of everything. And it's like, Mm -hmm. man, you know what? I, I should have made that trade or I, you know, I should have done that. It's not like a negative, but it's like, man, that changes everything. And in the playoffs, it matters so much more because it's one and done, right? Most leagues are, you know, you win or you you lose and you're out. So I feel like for me, I prefer a deadline in that area where, you know, if you're, if your playoffs start week 14, it's the kickoff of week 14. You know, mm-hmm. I would even say like the kickoff of the Thursday game and all games lock at that start because there also are some leagues and I'm in even a few, I think, on sleeper too, where it's like kickoff of individual games and all this. And I get some of that logic, but it's almost like I like having it like safe leagues does where it's like 1230 on Thursday on Thanksgiving. That's it. That, that's your option. You know what I mean? Like it's that time. It's that day. It doesn't change. It's always there. Um, so I, I kind of like that. And with something like safe leagues, you have to have that a little bit clearer. You can't yeah. have it vague. You can't have yeah. it general because they've got a hundred something leagues, you know, and it just it's <laughs> yeah. it's also because there's no taxi. There's no IR like you're not going to have uh, roster violations or anything like that. Like it's it's just more of a of a I don't have to I set it and forget it almost. Like I have to worry about those things. But on the other right. end of the spectrum, some of the leagues that I'm in with with more of like what I would call industry people. I don't know if I like calling us experts. I feel like that's a little too falutin for yeah. me. But any any <laughs> industry bit. leagues that I'm in, you know, the no deadline <laughs> stuff. Most of those guys are in this for fun. We're all doing this to hang out and play our game that we like. And, you know, a deadline's not going to kill the league. Even if a big trade right. happens, I don't feel like there's a negative aspect where it's like, oh, you're trying to screw me over. You're trying to win the title. Of course, they're trying to win the title. That's the whole point of this. Like, so, I mean, again, how upset <laughs> right. can you get? But yeah, back to what Scott was saying in those casual leagues, like I'm a co commissioner in a home league. And I can just tell you right now, every single thing we try to change in that league is like, I don't know. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like it's the worst thing ever that's happened in the world. Like we get some DMs. It's like pulling teeth, bro. Oh, like we tried to, we, we were using, we had IR for a few years, but nobody was really using it right. Nobody was really using um, taxi squads. Right. 
So I'm like, what if we change some of this around? We made IR a little more flexible so that, that you could put out players on IR, which we weren't, you know, they mm-hmm. weren't allowed, but people were doing it anyway. And then like, let's just get rid of taxi and we'll just make a deeper roster, a deeper bench. <laughs> and it was like, you know, I was trying to help the league out, trying to make this simpler. And you got one guy going, that's the greatest idea ever. Literally the next message, what the hell are we doing? I'm out. I'm like, geez, guys, come on. Like, it's not that hard. Right. So I think, too, to, to kind of, you know, maybe I'll go all the way back to the beginning of Scott's uh, start here is it's up to the league. Right. Talk about yeah. it yourselves. Figure out what works for you. There's no right or wrong answer. I like all of them being different. I, I'm with you, too, Scott. If they were all the same, it would drive me nuts. Yeah. Um, I do have some that are no no deadline where I'm rebuilding and I'm like, oh, and 12. And I'm like, eh, I got time when those <laughs> playoff teams need something. They'll come holler. And you know what I mean? Like, right. They know I'm dead. They know I'm rebuilding. But. Yeah, there is some value in a, in a trade deadline, too, because it does kind of allow you to make some moves, right? So let's pivot into that. What what kind of moves do you generally look to make? Is it something as simple as if I'm contending, I want points, and if I'm rebuilding, I don't? Is it something like that? Is there kind of a, a thesis that you have, Pork, when you go to make a trade deadline kind of trade? Or do you send messages more to try to hype players up more at the deadline? Because it's like, hey, I got I to gotta make this trade. Like, How do you tend to play it at the deadline? It's, is it any different than a normal trade? I, I like to just spam the league most of the time with the trade block uh thing. Oh yeah. Like every week. It's like the same freaking player. It's like Marquez Valdez Scantley had a good game. You want him? <laughs> I can take that third if you want it. But it's usually like I'll take like um if I'm trying to trade like a like a vet, I usually try to get like a pick in a player. And it's like yep. I'm not gonna just try to keep nickel and diamond because if I'm rebuilding, I have a league. Um I've rebuilded a lot. It's pretty, pretty bad league. But uh, I got a, I got like seven seconds next year and like four first. But I've been like just taking. I kept getting players and flipping those players, but getting the picks. So I was just getting good players. Flip the player, get the second. Flip that player, get a third. And until it got too bad to a point where I, I just couldn't do it anymore. But I like that. When, um, That's a good policy. A good way to play it. But it, but it, it actually because I was having fun with. I was playing with fantasy moose. He. He's oh, the yeah. master of doing that junk. Yep. So I was confused as crap when I first done. I was like, yo, his team was butt. And then now <laughs> he got the best, he got the best team in the league. Because oh, he just what he's doing. He'll sneak one yeah, by in there. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yes, he did. And I'm like, good lord. Like well, he's also one of those. Then, I think this is something we haven't hit on, but it, I think the trade deadline ultimately depends on how active your league is. Right? Moose oh, yeah. Is he's always making moves. Yeah, this this league is very time. active. Like, like that and helps. We talk all the time. Yeah, and that's one of those where, like, maybe a deadline in an active league, you know, kind of gets it more active or whatever. But it also yeah, it makes it gives fun. everybody a chance to breathe and be like, oh, whew, okay, the right. trade deadline's over. We're not going to get screwed by Moose this week. You know what I mean? Like, we're good. <laughs> right. um, but at the same time, if your league's not active, I don't, I mean, I'm in a bunch of leagues, and I know you are too, Scott, that are not active or not as active as others. And I feel like the deadline right. doesn't really move the needle. A deadline no. doesn't make more trades happen. It, no, it and at the same time, I don't it know doesn't. that not having a deadline moves the needle either. Right? It's like I don't think right. either one of those really have an impact on activity, although that's often what you hear is the is the reason to do it. But you know, like we're saying, it all comes down to the league mates. It's who who you're in there with, yeah. right? So right. I guess you you're you're I like that idea too. And I know Moose does a lot of that where it's a you know a pick or a player for a player and a pick. Is that kind of how mm-hmm. you tend to attack trade deadline trades, Scott, where you, you tend to make that kind of move? Or is it something bigger, something different? What are you looking for at the deadline? Yeah, I mean, d- deadline trades really are coming down to, um, you know, this is the the least, uh, how do I say this? 
we always talk about getting value in <laughs> trades, right? But it, the mm-hmm. trade deadline is like the time when value matters the least, <laughs> yep. right? I think that's kind of the best way to say it. I mean, you're probably, I mean, you want to, if you're rebuilding, you kind of want to make the contender pay a little bit, but at the same time, you want to make sure you get those guys off your roster, you know, and on right. the other side of it, it's like, hey, if you're going to win a championship, like, you know, you're going to have to pay, right? So yeah, sometimes you're going to overpay a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's just kind of how it goes. And I mean, ultimately, that's what it's about. I mean, we could talk about value and, and building this, you know, depth and getting all these picks and all this stuff. But if you don't win, who cares, man? Like, yeah, right. you know, so it's it's definitely all about winning and you got to do whatever it takes to win. So there there have been... Uh, you know, again, I've had a lot of deadlines here recently and seen a lot of uh, trades across many different leagues. And it's been fun. Like, it, it really has been because this is kind of where you you really shake out, like, which guys are worth overpaying for um, and, and which guys maybe not so much. Um, but, yeah, I've seen some really interesting ones. There was there was one um, Carson Wentz for a 23 first. And like, and I, and so at first I was just like, oh my God, that was such a steal. Like, are you kidding me? He just got Carson Wentz, you know, he's going to win the league now, you know, like this is so easy, (laughs) you know? And then like on the other side, like for the team that got the first, I was like, actually, no, I don't know. Maybe I'd rather have, you know, like, so it's, it's really, it's really hard to say like, um, you know, it's and especially a guy like that where it's he's kind of polarizing. Some people are just so over him, just from the Philly days. And because uh, I actually I was just with I was with another guy in the league today, and he he had that opportunity. The guy offered him the same trade. He offered him once for the the first, and he was like, "Man, one sucks. I wouldn't give up my twenty three first for it. you know what I mean." So it's like you have two yeah. different viewpoints. One guy was so excited he thought he stole the player, and the other guy was like, "I'd never give up the." So it's <laughs> it's it's just crazy, right? It's it's so value so personal, but uh, for the guy who who gave up his twenty three first, like it makes him. He's already one of the best, like two or three teams, and now it's like he solidifies his QB two, like. That's, that's isn't done like Roethlisberger. He'll be there next year. I mean, you still got some future value yeah. points, even if he's not yeah, a right. top guy. You know, and first he's round picks, we, we talk about this all the time. First round picks have so much allure and everybody wants them, but you could draft Nikhil Harry. You could draft right. Laquan right. Treadmill. Like, you know, tread one. Right. It's just like, you could oh. do all, like, the picks aren't always guaranteed either. And I think something no. that I, I know they talk about this a lot on other podcasts and everything, but it's something I always say too. I've got time to get that 23 first back. Yeah. Like, give me the points, mm-hmm. give me the title. That that twenty three first isn't helping me win. Definitely. Yeah. I think the only other thing I'll add to this, and and it's something that I think makes sense on a broader scale. But at the trade deadline, I feel like I I pay attention more to it. If I'm contending at the deadline, I want to consolidate my my power. I want to trade two bench pieces get for a start. I want to try to get the, mm-hmm. the lineup as premium as I can get it. I don't mind sending depth if it makes my starting lineup better. On the other end, if I'm rebuilding, I love getting rid of starting lineup for depth. And like taking an, a descending starter, like a de- like a DeAndre Hopkins or something, for like two players that are ascending in a pick, right? What, like kind of what right. you were saying, Pork, where it's like give me a little more option, give me a little bit more of an ascending value asset where I can look at this and say, all right, I've got three chances to ascend value as opposed to the one known descending value asset here, and it allows me to like diversify more my portfolio for you there, Scott. And it's the same logic I think I use in a lot of trades and rebuilding and all that. But at the deadline, I feel like I make sure in my brain, I'm like, all right, is my lineup secure? 
do I have a solid lineup? Yes, injuries are going to happen, and we all like depth. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you've got one solid receiver and you're kind of rotating your other two other two receivers from your bench and just like putting together, hob, you know, hobbling together a team, and you're six and seven, and you're no, no, give me give me a solid stud. We'll deal with the wide receiver three off the waivers. It doesn't matter. Give me a stud that I think is a higher ceiling. If I'm going to contend, uh-huh. if I'm going to make the playoffs. And something else, too, is I think it, your record determines a lot of this, too. Maybe not even contending rebuilding. There are lots of teams. I would even argue half of the teams in the league are in the middle, right? And if you're in the middle, you have to decide which direction you're going. You might not have a choice. You might be in the playoffs. And I'll tell you what, if I'm in the playoffs at 7-7 seven and seven, and I squeak in with that sixth, round, that sixth seed, I'm going for the title. I'm not looking anymore at 101. I'm looking right straight ahead at that title. Let's, what do I got to do to get there? If I can't get out of it, I'm getting into it. Right. Like if I can't get out of the playoffs and go for one oh one and I am going for broke and making every ceiling decision I can, you're going to be playing better teams than you. You need to go for upside trade for upside of the deadline. Right. Go add some of that risk. Go get an OBJ. Go get a a Debo Samuel. Even if he's hurt. I mean, some of these players, depending on the price, could be worth it. Right. You could trade like a Juju in a second, Juju in a first or whatever you're saying, Juju a first and a second for Debo. If I'm contending or even in the playoffs, I might do that and be like, hey, you know what? At least Debo is going to score me something in the next couple of weeks. Right. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where my mentality goes. And I, I always talk about this when anybody asks me questions, I'm like, give me more context. You know what I mean? Like everything matters. There is no vacuum trades when it comes to a lot of this. Um, at the same time, too, there is another piece I wanted to mention. You were saying before how one one side of the trade felt like this guy won it and he loved it. And the other side is like, there's no way in hell I'd ever do that. I love when I see trade polls where it's 50-50. And the first comment is, how is this 50-50? I'm like, because everybody values players differently, bro. I don't know what to tell Mm -hmm. you. You're not the only one doing this. You're not the genius of fantasy that's like my evaluation. Correct. How is it 50-50? If it wasn't 50-50, how boring would this be? Like, how boring would it be if we all had the same value? It was actually a good – that means it was a good freaking deal. It's a fair trade. That's exactly it. And I I just – it cracks me up when people are like, how is this 50-50? There's no way it would be on this – yeah, there's someone else saying the exact same thing. How is this 50-50 because of this other side? Because we all value players differently. Everybody has their own attempt at what they're trying to do. We all have speculation. And I think, too, and, and maybe we'll end on this with the trade deadline talk. I like to look with my heart and not my head at the deadline. It kind of goes back to what you said, too, Scott, where you know you might be willing to overpay at the deadline. If I'm going mm-hmm. for a title, there is nothing better than a title. right? I've won a few titles in my life. and it, I mean, again, I don't have kids. But uh, I'm assuming there are things better <laughs> in fantasy. There's nothing better than winning a title, right? You play this game year round for multiple years with a bunch of friends. We're having fun. We all love the game. We all love the valuation, the sport, the trades, the talks, all that. But that that title just hits different. Feels you know what good. I mean? When you win that, yeah. And you get to hold it for a whole year. You get to hold it over all your league mates. You might get a, a belt or a trophy or something to kind of put on your, your nightstand at night and be like, that's the title. I mean, like that that comes in handy. You know what I mean? So I think that's that's where maybe we should leave it is trade deadline is fun. It's a good thing. Make it whatever your league wants to make it. Uh, try consolidating. Try playing with your heart a little more than usual. Do what you got to do. But man, now is the time to make that move. Go mm-hmm. get that guy. Go make your roster perfect as much as you can. And that and it works for rebuilders too, right? Get those guys off your roster. Get Mark Ingram off your roster. Get OBJ off your roster. Like get these roster cloggers off, you know. And we mm-hmm. talk about trades all year, but at the deadline, it just feels, just feels different. So, is there anything else you guys want to cover before we go into our final segment of the night and find someone to trade? I just yeah. want to add that, like, if you are in the middle, like, you just you really have to know where exactly you are because. 
I'm telling you, there's a there's rarely a difference whether you end up with like the 105 or the 106 mm -hmm. or the 107 or the 108. So if you're going to mm -hmm. be in, you might as well go for it. I'm not saying like give up all your firsts or all your young assets, but like if you can find a trade um, and a quick example is I'm in a league where there's teams that were rebuilding every, every year you're going to have a couple teams rebuilding. Right. And then, all of a sudden, a couple more teams had some injuries, and they decided they're rebuilding too. Yep. And then the next thing you know, there's like five teams trying to rebuild. <laughs> so if you try to rebuild as well, these guys are already ahead of you, number one. So right. that's just going to make your path more difficult. And then if you look at the standings in the divide, there's a massive divide between seven and eight. And I'm sitting at seven. And so I'm basically, I'm going to have the 106. I'm either going to have the 106 or I can try to make, you know, one trade that that, you know, works for me and I can go for it and try to get in the playoffs and win this thing. And so, again, if you if you could figure out in the middle, like I'm I'm more in the camp of go for it, but I'm never going all in. Like I'm not that guy who's trading like everything for one player type of thing, especially running back because they're going to get hurt next week anyway. Um, right. But, yeah, if you're in the middle, I think you just you really have to look at what the other teams around you are doing and make that final decision. Well, I, I, want, that's, to pig, that's I want to piggyback on that. I, I agree that going all in is probably not the right move right now. If you're at the middle in week 13, you've waited too long to rebuild. And rebuild. that means you, exactly. should not, you should not be trading away your future. You, you, you are not sturdy oh. enough to do that. At the same time, <laughs> what I was arguing is more of if you're in the middle and you're getting in the playoffs and you send a, like, send a pick, like send a middle first for a player to get you points to make that push. I don't mind that either. And I'm not right. saying sell your future. I don't think that's what you're saying either, but it's like, you're exactly. right. You do have to take a look at the context of your league and just be like, even I'll, I'll put it this way too. There, there are definitely leagues that I've been in where I send my first and I get it back before the draft. Right. Where it's like, <laughs> it, this is in rebuilding. You always say you never want to send your own pick because you're, you're holding your own destiny in your hand. Right. I'm there's um actually that league we're in together pork where I've sent my first last season or something, you know, it's one of those, I traded a future first. And I'm terrible. Mm -hmm. My league is not, my team is not great, but I am scrapping every week to get points because at this point, <laughs> F that guy who's got my pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't have any value right. in it. Like, it kind of yeah. makes it more fun where it's like, I, yeah, no. it's like, I like, I prefer what? Let's it. Just put some points on the board. Let's just make that 103. You know what I mean? Like, make it a little. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun that way too because again, at the deadline, a lot of people try to make some moves and are, again, are thinking with their heart and are trying to do things that are different during the season exploit it see what you can come up with so yeah i think it's a fun right. time but i think we've you just have to be real well. with yourself yeah be, just well, be always. just be real with yourself and if if your team if you know your team is bad by like week seven or eight and nobody's done anything spam that trade block button get the assets <laughs> and like i said just keep rolling like i'm not i learned from moose that that rolling method yep. if you start that and if you if you make it happen next thing you know you'll be like me with four first eight seconds and like and it's goofy because you you can just turn those picks don't have to be rookie picks you can oh, use man. those yep. picks for exactly. nfl players because once Great that draft point. comes around everybody oh he ran a four two three yep oh i want that i want that well and we but see then it I, I want, let me get this break. other player but we see yeah, it there's always there's a tier break right we don't know where that tier break is right now Right. We have no, you, you really don't know. Be. In Superflex, it might be six players that are kind of that first tier. It might be two. We have no idea. So that 106 could have a ton of value or no value. 
And so I always right. say to people too, like I always assume the worst, especially when making trades. It's like, I don't know where that pick's going to be. I'm just assuming it's a middle first. We'll figure it out when we get there. But there are tons of times we hear people. And I, this is like a, a pet peeve of mine in August where they say a late first in August. I'm like, okay, you don't know that. You don't I know. Get, you I don't get know that crap. you think the team yeah. is good, but stop. Right now, you yeah. know, it's a late first. Now I'm willing to say, okay, it's not a pet peeve. Now, you know, it's a late first. So just say you know, a first. look at your team. Well, but I'm saying, like, take a look at your team and be like, it is a late first, right? Like, I'm fine with you saying that now. That is a different value than an early first, right? And know mm-hmm. what your league is going to do with this, if that makes any difference in your league. So, yeah, I think that there's a ton of good stuff that we covered there. I think that was that was awesome. I think we did a terrific job. Pats on the back all around. Um, but I do want to get into find me a trade. We're thank you. We're already <laughs> getting uh, pretty long in the tooth here. So let's uh, let's, let's get it. into this this in this find me a trade. So. We got this from a user, a user, a listener, and I don't have the name of the listener. Terrific job on that one, Rocky. But uh, we do. <laughs> oh, I fully today. blame Rocky. I'm totally blaming. He'll he'll edit this. Yeah, I'll blame him too. But um, <laughs> this is a ten-team half-point PPR, half-point per first down, which I love. Point per first down. I think that's a terrific idea. Yeah, it is I'll a like super that. flex. There is no tight end premium. Four t- uh, four-point passing TD, negative one for interceptions. 26 man roster, which again is pretty standard, but in a 10 team, that means it's a little shallow, which I kind of like. Uh, you start mm-hmm. 11. There's a QB, two running back, two receiver, a tight end, super flex, two flex, a kicker, and a defense. So that, I mean, again, makes the league a little shallower, even still in my mind, if you're starting a, a kicker and a defense. So, like, you know, all that stuff comes to play. Um, let's take a look at the team here, real quick, and then we'll, we'll get into his, uh, his diagnosis. But Again, 10-team, half PPR. He's got Lamar Jackson and Tua Tagovailoa are his two starting quarterbacks. Uh, running backs, he's got a bunch that are on IR. He, I'll, I'll kind of go down here and look at these. He's got Dobbins and ETN. He's also mm-hmm. got Gainwell. He's got uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jamar Jefferson. I think he's okay at running back. We'll see how, the, how we all feel about this, but he's got an okay team. Yep. He's not too bad. Uh He's also got at receiver, he's got Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Brandon Ayuk, and Darnell Mooney, which I think, again, that's a tremendous starting four for a young squad, right. you know, looking to go somewhere in the future. On the bench, he's got a couple other guys like Jerry Judy, another young player, Brandon Edwards, Chase Claypool, Clark. Gabe Davis. Tons of good value at receiver on this team. I think it's actually kind of stacked. Um, tight end, Hunter Henry, not a huge fan, but I don't hate it. Uh, he's got uh, Johnu Smith, Cole Komet, again, some – some potential there for some upside, right? Kicker and defense, which I don't really mind too much, but he's got Youngway Co., which I think is a terrific kicker. You know, not bad there. Who knows if you keep those all season? Sometimes people in Dynasty, I know hardly we got rid of kickers after a couple years. Um, and then mm-hmm. Pittsburgh defense. So again, he's not a terrible team, but his his record is bottom in the league. And I, I every time I see oh. that, I'm like, man, that is brutal to have this kind okay. of team and to be like the worst in the league. It just it hurts my heart. You know, it just hurts my heart. Um, so. Scott, I'll let you read his uh, his diagnosis if you're okay with that, and then kind of go yep. into your trade, and then I'll go from there. So I think part of the issue is you know injuries and stuff, and so here here's what he says: is by the end of week two, uh, I lost Dobbins, Etn, and Fitzmagic. Diggs was underwhelming, and so he was already semi planning for a productive struggle, waiting for Trey Lance to come around and some of those young quarterbacks. So between weeks two and nine. He traded away all the top tier talent and veterans for picks and younger players. So um, it, it looks like he probably made a lot of these trades, which is why his record is is what it is. It looks like he's already been selling. 
Um, he says, my strategy has generally been to try and get more picks in the 23 draft because I'm not in love with my running back situation. Um, probably assuming like most people at this point that the 22 running back class isn't great. Um, also I should point out that one team does not trade because he refuses on principle. And here, here you have the, uh, redraft to dynasty, um, you know, that's playing into it here because he says, I should also mention that this is a long time redraft league where I just convinced everyone to switch to dynasty this year. So that <laughs> is fun and also challenging. And so I do understand where you have those people that are like, Oh, I don't, I don't trade. I've never uh, heard of anyone whatever. saying I'm not trading like that. Is oh no, I, this is a thing. Oh, this is a thing. That doesn't, that doesn't this is make a thing, sense. Andrew. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with this. People thing. think it's not right. It's like, well, you should draft your players and you should, you know, like you should oh. work the wire. Like, I mean, these 1992. These people, yeah, I, I bet you this. Yeah, I bet you. Is USA Today out today the scoring? <laughs> but well, so, real quick, I do want to say this before you jump into your trade. We didn't talk about the picks, but that's a great point that he mentions there. He's got one 22 first, three 22 seconds, and a 22 third. And then he's got two okay. 23 firsts, four oh, 23 God. seconds, and a 23 third. Nice. Or sorry, two 23 thirds. And then his full three and 24. But like he does have a pretty good amount of seconds. He's got a, a two firsts and 23 and one and 22. I mean, he does have a young team with a lot of a lot of upside here. So, Scott, what was the trade that you found that you thought, you know, maybe we can get Pork's opinion on this and see what he thinks of it? Yeah, so first, I mean, I like to say I think you've done a great job. I mean, I don't know what your trades were exactly because if it was MFL, I would go back and look, but it's sleepers. So I'm not going <laughs> to. Um, but also, I don't know how. Um, but uh, So I would say good job. I like your roster overall. I love the youth and the assets. And now it's, you know, it's time to maybe – take some risks to get some elite players again the smaller the league the more elite players we want and so i i struggle with this one a little bit but i think it's it might be it, it's it's it has to do with a couple things i've seen lately with some of the value of the players that you have that i, I believe is artificially inflated and i want to capitalize on that while also getting potential studs while their value's down and so what I came up with was the team I believe is I and I screwed this up on sleeper. I couldn't tell which team was what team. So I'll find I out. Think, Go ahead. I think it's C J O S E three four seven. I that's believe right. is that's like their sleeper name, but not their yes. team name. Right. Whatever. Whatever. Oh. So anyway, he has Mahomes. Okay, and he looks like a he's definitely a contender and he has Mahomes, but he he has like Jared Goff, um, Deshaun Watson, and Trevor Lawrence. So like he really essentially obviously Watson's not playing and Goff is just atrocious. So he's rolling out T Law out there who's not been good, right? And so if he's trying to win a title, he's probably not winning a title with T Law in his lineup. So I just feel like that whole situation, we know Urban Meyer you know, can't handle losing. He will be gone at some point sooner than later. And, and Trevor Lawrence will be unleashed with a real coach. Um, so this, I, I initially was thinking to go after Watson, but I feel like this particular manager might say, I can wait for Watson because I have Lawrence and I have Mahomes, And so he may not give him up at this point. If he hasn't traded him, he's probably not going to, 
Um, and so it, it hurts a little bit because I love Lamar and Lamar is an elite player. So I don't really want to give him up, but I just feel like the opportunity is, is here for it. So I was trying to figure out the value a little bit. So I kind of made this two, two options here. So Lamar Jackson and Darnell Mooney and two of your 22 seconds because the class is is going to be top heavy and then it's just going to kind of be a whole bunch of guys that some people are going to like, some people aren't going to like, and you're going to kind of be able to take your pick. So those seconds really aren't super valuable. Um, I'd rather push one of those out to the future. So Lamar Jackson, Darnell Mooney, and 222 seconds for Trevor Lawrence, A.J. Brown, and a 23 second. Um, the value's still a little bit, I think, on the on the A.J. Brown side there, but I think just him getting Lamar, he might do it from the standpoint mm-hmm. of that gives him a second stud at quarterback and probably gives him the best opportunity at winning a title, which is what we just talked about, right? It's, that's what you want to do. The other thing is that Mooney's value is artificially inflated at this point. Like I have no idea how it's as high as it is. Like we've been, this is kind of a, a, a theme for this show is the, the tiny men out there. Darnell Mooney <laughs> is an ant. I mean, you can't even see him if you're sitting up in the skybox. You literally are like, who just caught that ball? Like, what? How is it moving? (laughs) I mean, I'm telling you, this guy's so small. And, I mean, there's literally no one else to catch passes. And since the Bears are awful at evaluating talent and signing players, they just sign, like, the worst wide receiver you can possibly find. So, literally, he's the only one with any sort of talent on the field. I promise you that's going to change in the future because everybody's getting fired after this season. And they will bring in some sort of wide receiver that knows how to run a route or at least play in the NFL. Um, And Mooney will, you know, he'll kind of be one of those guys that will stick around. I mean, I do like him from an NFL standpoint. But from a fantasy standpoint, he's just not reliable. He's not going to get the target share that he's currently getting. Well, again, it's it's mostly Allen Robinson. I think that's really affecting Mooney right now. With Robinson out, they got nobody else. It's it's kind of like the funnel just lands on Mooney. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And he and he is good. Don't get me wrong. Like he's getting it because he's good and he's getting open, but at the same time, that's just not gonna continue. Um so his value is inflated. So I just let me mention real quick my my alternate to this, and it, it would be uh Lamar and Jerry Judy. Um, and for Trevor Lawrence, AJ Brown, and uh, try to get a 22 or 23 first out of that. If he'd be willing to upgrade to a first for, you know, if he doesn't like Mooney, if he's like, ah, I don't think Mooney helps me because I think he's mad about AJ Brown right now, not, not being out there and mm-hmm. he's trying to win. So if he's like, you know, Mooney doesn't do it for me, but you know, Judy would then get him to move up to a first. And then I would love that trade actually more Lamar and Judy for Trevor Lawrence, AJ Brown and a first. I would love, I would love that trade. Yeah, Pork, what do you think about those? Which one of which ones of those two would you like more? I think I would like the Mooney one just because you're moving off of him because you're you're knowing what's going on with that offense. Because you know he's not really the wide receiver one. He's just wide receiver one just from necessity. Right. And you're getting those seconds. So you can always move if you uh you can always tell him he can move those two seconds and um and get the third. And, and move up to a first if it's a rookie that he really likes exactly. also um the judy one kind of uh intrigues me a tad bit only because i'm not really sure um who's going to be a quarterback next year because it's been yeah. rumbling that it could be rogers it could be it could be an elite guy so yeah well the only problem that there is too is there's also judy sutton patrick hamler fant alberto 
so that that's the thing too you can you can sell that and just to just to move that and get that out the way but i think for that first one i think because it's more of the assets per se i will go with with that mooney one for sure okay no i like that um i think my trade is is similar but different i guess and it's it's not as many of the picks i like the picks you have and personally i say hold what you have right let's let's keep a lot of those picks and the picks are accruing in value if i'm rebuilding i don't see a reason to move picks unless i absolutely have to or the 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 player like i traded a, a first for calvin ridley and Jarrett patterson in a league where i'm like i don't mind sending a in a rebuilding i'm like i don't mind sending a first for something like calvin ridley you know what i mean like I think he's going to come back. I think he's going to be fine. Not everybody does. But what I'm saying is I, I would be looking to move players for players. And in a 10-team league, I would rather have studs than bench players. Again, it's a little shallower. You kind of want to consolidate where you can. So I, my thought process was a little different. But I was going to say send Claypool and Devonta Smith to SC Rock 1792 for McLaurin and Samuel. Now, McLaurin and Sammy are on the same NFL team. So sometimes players don't like that. They feel like, oh, I'm, I can't start them both or what have you. But Claypool with his toe injury is a little odd. Devonta Smith is kind of all over the place. Sometimes he gets two touchdowns. Sometimes he gets two catches. Um, and mm. I think, too, with the way that this league is set up, McLaurin is the best player in that trade, but he hasn't been very consistent either. I feel like all of these players have a lot of risk around them. And it's that kind of trade that you mm. might be able to find the right other manager that's like, yeah, all right. Um, I will say this, and looking at the history, I think it's kind of interesting. Even if you can't do it, it's fun. But in here, you can look at the history of trades. And there was actually he, uh, the, the, our, our bird lawyer 2019, the user that we're, we're using here, he actually traded away McLaurin back in October for a 22 first, a 23 first, and a 23 second. Oh. Which feels I'm like a lot to get for McLaurin. Like, I don't mind that. But then I'm like, well, let's go get McLaurin back. You know what I mean? Like McLaurin made it. He was on another team. It, it's not the same team. Oh, it is the same team. Sorry. It is the same team. But like maybe you go get mm-hmm. McLaurin back for different assets and you give him this Claypool Smith package, which I think a lot of teams would like, but McLaurin being the best player in the trade, but you're getting two solid receivers there. So that was kind of my thought. And maybe what are your thoughts on that one, Pork? you have any, any opinions on that one? Um, I think me personally, I would maybe stick with the Claypool and Devonta Smith side on that one, only because we're not really sure what's going on in Washington football team. Proud of myself, I said that because I almost said the other team. But uh, <laughs> Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel seems like he's always injured. Yeah, and I'm I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his. Obviously, he was a Ohio State guy, but of he's always course. freaking hurt. Of course, and it's like <laughs> he's like he's questionable. And then he's not playing on Sunday morning, and I I don't I don't I don't think I want any parts of that because he's the type of guy with the the injuries piling up, and 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 I don't want anything with that. The now if you <laughs> I don't want make, anything with that. <laughs> I don't think anything with that. But if he has anybody like another receiver on that team that I would that I would put on there possibly, I think I might do that because obviously, like you said, McLaren is the best receiver in that deal. So if you put a, like another stud receiver on on that he has on that team and that deal, it oh, might so make that work. The other one I thought about, and this is I felt like this might have been too much, and I don't think the guy would do it, but um, would be the same two Claypool and Smith, maybe adding a second to get McLaurin and Marquise Brown, because I do think Marquise Brown is an ascending asset, and I think there is some potential there. But that's the same kind of logic where you're going from like three to two. I do think McLaurin's the best one in that deal, but adding Marquise Brown, I really like that idea. This other, this uh, oh. SC uh, SC Rock team also has DK Metcalf if you want to do that instead of McLaurin. 
but I think Metcalf's going to have a higher price tag. And even with his struggles, yeah. I don't think you're going to get a lot of a discount on him. Like you might be able to get with McLaurin. Also looking at the, I, whenever I do these on sleeper and I think I even do it for MFL when I can, but McLaurin's on the trade block. So to me, that means that that manager put him on the trade block saying, you know, maybe he's fed up for with him. Who knows the context, right? So you mm-hmm. might be able to get a little better price for McLaurin. So maybe you could pivot and offer McLaurin and Brown first to see what he says to that. And then maybe come up with an alternative trade or, like I said, add another piece to your side, something like that. So that was kind of where my thought process goes there. Right. But Scott, and with, with Claypool, too, I think Claypool, I think his stock might go up next year just because oh, yeah, the new the new quarterback. Um, if they was to get like, a, I don't know, this is an example, like Kenny Pickett, somebody that can push hmm. the ball down the field accurately and, yeah. and move out in the pocket and throw the ball deep, I feel as though Claypool's uh, – his stock will go up too. So maybe if you wait around draft season to see who they get, because you know, so you got a quarterback throwing the ball. Hey, you want this, and we can we can make this work. Well, and and the reason we're doing this trade is because this this gentleman's trade deadline is this week, right? Like the, the, we're trying to yeah. talk about trade deadlines. And my thought process for the way his team is built is, I don't think you really need to make a move. I think you've made some great moves. I don't know if there's right. any need to make a move. Agreed. I didn't see anybody right. on his roster that I needed to get rid of. There was no red flags to be like, you got the wrong running back. So he's got a solid running back core. They're all young. I mean, if you got ETN Dobbins and Edwards Hilaire in a 10 team league, I'm happy with that. Um, his receivers are all young. They're all studs. I, I'm kind of with you. I think that the winning move here might be no move really. But, um, and mm-hmm. I think there, there's no, there's no, I don't know, glaring hole in my, in my opinion on this team, everything is pretty set up. So again, I think my logic was just more of, well, if I'm going to trade anything, this is probably where I'm going is to get my <laughs> team, but it's like, I don't know, do I need to make a trade? Maybe not. I mean, Scott, I think we kind of agree that this team is pretty stacked and looking good for yeah. the future. I like it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I any mean, other thoughts there, Scott? Uh, you know, just maybe more in general um, than specific to this league, because I don't know which team in this league has DeAndre Swift. But like if I could, if the Swift owner was like, I really need to win uh, the next two games or whatever, I would see if I could give him CEH for Swift, even if I had to add like a second to that or something. Um, I would love to to maneuver that way a little bit. Like I actually like the three running backs that you have, but honestly, there's just so many question marks with all of them. So, um, I mean, you For know, context, the Swift manager is pretty much in the middle and missing the playoffs. So I don't think okay. the Swift manager would send Swift at this probably point. missing manager probably, missing or like would need to win to get in. Uh, at this point, it looks I like mean, based on the, isn't old, you know, I would say they're eighth in the league. The, the Swift manager. Okay. Is probably okay. eighth in the All league. right. It's like, they're not really well, just, on the cusp. again, in general, in you, in your league for, you know, the listeners in general, if you can try to get Swift at all, like if you yeah. have some just about any running back other than Javante Williams that you can you can send over um, and, you know, add a pick or swap picks or whatever, uh, I, w- I would probably be trying to do that. Um, definitely look for those opportunities. Well, the Swift manager has Javante Williams, too, just for the sake of argument. Oh, like that, that's that Swift manager is looking good. And again, <laughs> they have Barkley. They've got uh, Javante or uh, Jamal Williams. They've got uh, Jeff Wilson. Like they've got Barkley, Swift and Javante. That's a solid, solid stud running back core for the future, too. And again, remember, it's a 10 team league. Right. So like being eight yeah. out of 10 isn't great. You know, you're at the bottom half of the bottom third of the league. But I think that team's dominatable in the future, too. They got Prescott, Carr, and Darnold. I mean, like, there's a lot of really good teams in this league. So I think, again, I, I might look at this and say, you know, 
tinkering is fun and trades are awesome, but maybe just sit tight and wait and see how the season mm -hmm. plays out. Cause I kind of agree with what you said for Claypool is someone who I think can get a lot of value as the season goes on. And as Roethlisberger becomes less obvious, um, Smith, I think is only going to go up. Waddle's only going to go mm -hmm. up. Like I don't see a reason to move anybody really. But anyway, I think that covers, I think we did a pretty good job. Hopefully we gave you some ideas or, you know, if you really do want to make a trade, you can you know kind of come to agreement on something like that. For the sake of argument, I, I wanted to bring this up because it, it, it is an open trade currently in here. I don't know if you saw this, Scott. So this is where I wanted to finish. Mm -hmm. There was a trade that has found us, let's say, right? We okay. didn't find this trade. This trade showed up in the <laughs> inbox. I love uh, the trades love that show up in the inbox. So in this trade, he would be sending Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and what appears to be a middle 22 first for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, mm. I mean, that's pretty much what it? I was just talking about is find, yeah. you know, find that opportunity. Um, I don't it's know his, if I want to give his up only 22 first, first, right? Though. So it's his, well, I guess that's uh, the other thing. It's his own first. So it would be the 101. Actually, that's a good point. It's oh, yeah. No. And oh, that's no, the no, 101? No, 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 no. I misread that. It's his own first. Nope, nope. Yep, no, not because not that. not in super flex. So, like, if it was a one quarterback league, yes, um, I'd probably do it. Yeah, if if it was, but being super flex, I mean, listen, everybody could talk about how weak the twenty two class is, and there's no good players, and there's no elite players, and I have everyone ranked below everyone else who's ever come out, and blah blah blah. That's fine, <laughs> but guess what? Even if you don't like any players and you don't want to draft any of them, when it comes around to draft day. Guess what? By that time, there's going to be so much hype on players, and there's going to be mm -hmm. the next this guy and the next that guy in this draft, and you could trade him for whatever the hell you want. So don't give it up now. Well, so what about this? What if you pivot, and instead of Edward Solaire, it's ETN in the 101 for McCaffrey? Does that move the needle at all? If you were to counter with something like that? Because ETN's got a lot of question marks. So does McCaffrey. Yeah. <sighs> Just curious if that I changes anything. I can't take a I can't take a running back over a quarterback, especially a running back who can't stay yeah. healthy. That's fair. Yeah, that's it's, fair. The, it's the super flex. It's the super flex. Uh, super see, flex even in a ten team league, one -on -one. Just, like it, in a ten, I just don't do enough ten team leagues anymore. But like ten team leagues, I feel like quarterbacks are easy to come by. He's got I'm not in any. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, but that's I think that just changes the value a little bit, even of the one on one. But I'm I'm kind of with you. I think you hold right now. There's no reason to move the one on one. Like I said before, timing is everything. Why are you trading that now? Yeah, I get that McCaffrey's value might have taken a dip, but there's a reason for that. Maybe we just hold on. Let's see how the offseason goes. If you're on the clock with the one-on-one, you can probably get more than that. So why do that trade today? So anyway, that's kind of where we'll wrap up. But hopefully, again, hopefully we're able to help on some of that. But I thought with the way we talk about trades, I thought that would be good to talk counters because we don't get to do a lot of counter talk. Um, but with that said, what an episode yet again. We're at the 96-minute uh, mark pretty much going through here, 98-minute mark, something like that, something crazy. But I guess first and foremost, thank you so much, Philip. FF Porkman, really appreciate you coming on tonight. Had a blast talking with you. Got some good input from you. What are you up to? Where can people find you? And, uh, you know, what kind of content you got coming out right now? All right. So you can find me on Dynasty Rewind. I'm one of the co-hosts with uh, Mike, Chev, and Nate. We go every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock. Uh, we're on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Twitch, and all that stuff. Uh, right now we're doing we're doing our Patreon. Scott knows about that. It's always a fun time. Yes, sir. Uh, you could do uh, one dollar for the group chat, five dollars for everything. Uh, we just last week just launched our our Notion database, so mm. that is all 
Devi stuff that you need to know. So all the rookie player cards are in there. Um, Maddie and Nate, their their minds are outrageous in my opinion. They're the best people that I know about Devi. I didn't know anything about Devi at all. Maddie is all on that twenty four seven. He knows people that's twenty twenty five eligible. It's it's freaking outrageous. <laughs> and if you think if you think I'm lying. You need no, to check Patreon because it's that's just, a, that's a just non It's just crazy. <laughs> He's crazy. So, yeah. So, like, if you ever need have any questions about trades or whatnot, um, you can hit us up on the group me chat when you sign up for the Patreon. And even if you don't want to sign up for the Patreon, definitely, that's not definitely. for you. Jump, jump in there. It's worth at least the dollar to get in, get in with the crew, and uh, it's a good time. Always content in there. So. Always good discussion. Always, uh, mm-hmm. is, always making always fun, fun of somebody. You know, usually Bauer, yeah. but you know, it's, it's always Bauer. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a fun time. Everybody's and gonna if, join. And, up and on if that. you find, and if you find me on Twitter, uh, it's at FF Pork Man. If you, if you ever, I always tell you about. It, if you ever need to talk about anything, if it's not fantasy, or it can be about personal life or something. Just hit me up on there. I'm always available. I'm home until February because I destroyed my kneecap. <laughs> so, so, so if anybody needs to talk about anything, I'm 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 literally always recipes. You know, I mean, he's just, literally like, just yeah. talk to me, guys. Please, I'm bored. Please come talk. I'm to me. bored yeah. as crap. I, I, I installed my freaking kitchen sink today. I wasn't supposed to do that, but <laughs> I need something to do so people talk to me. That's great. <laughs> but That's yeah, cool. it's it's a it's a it's a fun community. On on a serious note, it's a, it's a fun community. We're family based. Um, Scott knows that, so we, we know we sometimes we post pictures of our kids or stuff like that. But yeah, if it's if it's fantasy, hey, we're fantasy twenty four seven. That's right, and it's always good to keep an eye on the future. And I know you guys do a great job of that, looking at the head, the dynasty, Debbie content, dynasty content, all that kind of stuff. So really appreciate you coming on. So we'll kind of wrap up here. Obviously, we got follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Junkies. Uh, you get notified when we go live. You'll see us on there posting trade polls and. Uh, anytime you got to find me a trade, you can send us a DM. Any of us on the, either through the Dynasty Junkies handle, uh, you can reach out. Since we're a member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will, and we always do, uh, you can find us there at DAP underscore network. That's actually where we go live along with the Fantasy Timeline. Um, so you can find us there. If you want to send us a DM on that one, if you want, go ahead, reach out. We'll get you on the list. Um, obviously, I am Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, we've got Scott over there at Scott, at Scott underscore Sidlow. Uh, our third host, who's not here today, who screwed up to find me a trade, would be Rocky Petrella <laughs> at Dynasty FF Addict. Just kidding, Rock. We love you. But make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and on whatever platform you listen to, reach out to us on Twitter. We love having conversations. Tag us in polls. Uh, we're here for you guys, and we want to make you better junkies. You know, let, let's all get better together. But with that said, I'll leave it to you, Scott, to take us out of here. Yeah, normally I would shout out to uh, our find me a trade, but again, Rocky screwed up. So what do you want me to do? I will <laughs> shout out to our buddy Kyle Senra. He's always in the chat, man. Love yep. this guy. He's always there every week with us, man. So thanks again for Pork Man for coming on. It was awesome getting to chat with you, man. So for FF Pork Man, for Andrew Hall FF, for at Scott underscore Sidlow, junkies out.